When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, so it's uh, snowing, cold, and your daughter is elsewhere. I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, the whole night's been a weird kismet of events. Oh, it's that fake guy again. At some point in your life, you're going to have to decide that some guy is worth opening that front door for. I just volunteering. Hey, this is Jess. And this is Sandra. And this is Emily. Welcome to today's town meeting. And now... It's time for Sandra Sucky Summaries. Okay, so we started a town meeting where we find out that A, there's no use for lava lamps unless you're on drugs, and B, Taylor is not the mayor, some other old white guy is. Luke argues, Taylor gets offended, and Rory and Morley laugh. Max Medina is losing his fate in man, which is fair because Emily Dickinson get a life is super messed up. Almost as messed up as waking up your 16-year-old daughter in the dead of night by replaying a message left to you by her teacher. Lorelai smells snow like a dog can hear high-pitched whistles. The first mention of Rory's future tell-all takes place. Lane talks about Rich Blumenfeld and Rory straight up ignores her until she can make it all about Dean instead. Not a good look, Rory. In Sars Hollow, the reenactment is in full swing because of tradition. Lorelai and Luke talk about snow in the snow, and it's very cute. Speaking of cute, Rich Blumenfeld's hair is too much for Lane to handle, and mistakes are made. Gypsy is still not the town's mechanic. And oh look, there's Max Medina. At the Gilmore house, we find out that Rory is not malnourished, although dinner does turn out to be a frozen pizza with Parmesan cheese grated on top. Rory looks through her mom's room and finds her mom's pictures, as well as a photo booth strip of Lorelai and Chris, 83. Lane pages Rory and tells her she's a bad friend, and honestly, it's pretty satisfying, even if Rory could not control half the things she was accused of. Emily freaks out about the stove, and Max and Lorelai cannot stop talking during a movie. Emily used to have a thing for the pirate guy, and the nice moment the Gilmore trio were having is ruined by the memory of a 16-year-old Lorelai. Luke brings the reenactors coffee, and even takes their orders because he's a good guy, damn it, but unfortunately sees Max and Lorelai have the perfect kiss in the snow, French music and all. Later, Lane gets scarred by Max and Lorelai dating... But all Max ends up doing is sleeping on the couch, where he's found the next morning by Rory. The episode ends with Rory and Lane making up, Lorelai and Max laughing, and Rory looking sadly at Chris and Lorelai, 83. And that was Love and War and Snow. Let's discuss. Filler episode? Kind of a filler episode. I was thinking about that before we started recording. Um... Just partially because I thought it was a weak fashion episode, and I'll get to that later. And I feel like weaker fashion episodes, they just didn't put as much effort into. Interesting. I actually, I think this was a really nice episode. Like, it was just, she was just having fun, Lorelai, the entire episode. Just a good day for her. Yeah. I think it was nice, it was sweet, but it didn't really do anything for the storyline. 
Not really. Well, it did get Max and Lorelai officially together, hooking up somewhere in between. Something. Yeah. Dating. Yeah. And it was it was an episode that featured kind of a storyline for a non-Gilmore girl. Um, and those episodes tend to, or they can feel kind of padded because we have like this whole arc with Lane, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't involve either of the Gilmore girls. It, I mean, it involves Rory to an extent, but. Actually, I mean, overall, a good episode, though. Yeah. Lane's arc transfers from one Gilmore girl to the other and then back to the first. Yes, yes it, it does. does. Which brings me back to the Lane is an accessory sometimes. And I think even the show acknowledged, oh, shit, we keep having Lane listen to Rory's problems, but we never have Rory listen to Lane's problems. And yeah. so they ha- they fix it by having Rory blatantly ignore Lane's problems? Just ignore it completely. Are they doubling down on Rory being selfish? I don't know. I mean, it's. I think it's a tricky line to walk because you have Rory dealing with teen issues, right? Mm -hmm. Just a lot of teen issues, like you said in your summary, Sandra, like that are kind of out of her control. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, having been a teenage girl who went through stuff, you know, like... You can you can go through stuff and also be there for people. Sometimes you yes. don't have the capacity. But I would say that the Rory that we have seen over the past few episodes is not at that point. Yeah. So I have that. Um, there's an unwritten rule, right, in the girl code that when someone's having a bad day or they're talking about boys, you listen. Right? Yep. And then you guys can rant about boys for hours. It's a thing. It's what happens at the summer parties or just walking. And yeah. Rory is very polite, but she's not very considerate. At yeah. least not with well, Lane. It bothers me because I feel like, especially with new relationships, it is very easy to get lost in them. But for sure. Normally, that, at least for me, that that took place by like not hanging out with my friends as much and hanging out with my boyfriend instead. Whereas here, we see Rory is still clearly hanging out with Lane. But instead of listening to her and being there, she's, have you seen my book? Oh, I can't find my bookmark. And I'm sitting here thinking like, girl, why are you looking for your bookmark right now? Like, she's talking to you. Listen to her. And she's obviously distressed. Yeah. This is just not prime Rory. I mean, we see other instances throughout the show where Rory, I feel like, does and is a very good friend of Lane. But just this is not one of those times. Yeah. Well, I think especially if you contrast this with the first kiss episode where Rory gets her first kiss and then immediately literally runs out of the store into Lane's home where Lane drops everything Mm -hmm. to dish with Rory about this. Yeah. Like we've definitely seen an unequal friendship. And I think in later seasons, like much later seasons, we do get kind of a payback like you know rory rory gives more for lane but at this point i don't know if i could be friends with rory right now she's so obsessed with dean she is and guys i'll i gotta say it this is the episode where dean starts to lose me i don't know how this is the beginning of the end for dean it's the it is it was the jane austen comment yeah for me it was just so cliche it was almost i almost expected him to say like fight club is his favorite book or American Psycho, no, or something. It's Hunter S. Thompson, though, who's still yeah, exactly. equally like he's not a bad author by any means, but it is very cliche for high school boy to like Hunter S. Thompson. Just and also like 
I think the fact that Dean appears in this episode just to, like, kind of put the nail in the coffin for Lane, like, it's, there's, there's no chance that she's getting listened to. Dean has arrived. Lane does not exist anymore. But putting Lane aside, just for a second, because I never want to put Lane aside, (laughs) uh, Dean and Rory have progressed a little. They look like they're actually in a relationship and they talk. Or he doesn't sit there and stutter at him anymore. They kiss out in the open. And Dean reads. Yes. <laughs> they do kiss out in the open. It, like you said, Dean reads. He's smart. He's mm-hmm. intellectual. He's so he is a reader. He read Austin. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that Austin is like particularly dense material, but like I don't... this high school boy willingly read Jane Austen to the point where he seemed confident in talking about it. Maybe I was stupid, but, like, I read Pride of Prejudice in high school, and while I thoroughly enjoyed it, like, it was not an easy read for me. I had to, I guess at that point I'd read a bunch of, I'd been reading a bunch of books that were just contemporary novels, so they just flowed easily. I could pay attention or not pay attention, whereas Jane Austen, because of the language, you have to pay attention. It's just a different way of speaking back Mm -hmm. then and, and writing, obviously. So Jane Austen in high school was not exactly an easy read. It's not one of the hardest, obviously, but for Dean to have read it is still, to me, very impressive. Especially since he enjoyed it. I have a very controversial take. Tanner's going to call me stupid. No. No. (laughs) I don't like Jane Austen's books. I just, I don't like them. I'm sorry. Pride and Prejudice is the only one I've read, so. I I can, like, maybe forgive that literal blasphemy (laughs) if, do you like the movies? Yes. I just okay. didn't like Do the you books. like specifically the 2005 with Kira Knightley? That one's really if good. not, I... this podcast might end. That's, that's fair. That's my number two movie of all time. Do you want to know what my number one movie What's of all time one? is? Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I get, get you it. Get to a girl who can do both. I get it. I get it. Furiosa? Was her that <laughs> Yeah, Furiosa. Is that the one with Charlie um, Saren? Yes. Yes. Oh. It's a feminist masterpiece. Again. Guys, I'm using this podcast as a way to make friends. Please write to me and tell me why you also think Furiosa is one of the best feminist characters in film history. Charlie Theron is. Just anything she is in is phenomenal. A badass, yeah. Anyway, Gilmore Girls. (laughs) (sighs) This episode, uh, to get us back on track, this episode is our first town meeting. Yes! I was so excited. Which is... So nice, because we've been talking all throughout the episode so far about how they've been finding their stride, characters are kind of defining the traits that we'll go on to, like, know them for, Mm -hmm. and finally, Stars Hollow has its town meeting, which is where you you really get everybody. (laughs) My second note is just Andrew, in all caps. Andrew, yes. With the lava lamps. Yay, Andrew! He's a bookstore (laughs) owner, right? So why is he... Yeah. Yeah, but they were saying that he was doing something else. Oh, it was a lava lamp. You can buy a lava lamp at a bookstore. I thought he was a pharmacist. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. He's a bookstore. Well, <laughs> drug and gift stores are not a, not uncommon. That's fair. But I was just excited to start seeing some of those characters. Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned, Sandra, in your summary um, that Gypsy is not the mechanic yet. Yes, I noticed um, that. As soon as I saw the mechanic shop, I was like, oh, we're going to see Gypsy. But... I honestly don't think that Gypsy would have fit into that scene, right? The scene was very much not about Max's car. It no. was about the fact that Max was here in the snow. Yes. And Gypsy is, like, always great for comic relief, and mm-hmm. that would not have fit with the scene. So I'm okay with not having Gypsy because we got a cute Max moment. 
I agree with that. So, Snow. This this episode is about snow. I love snow. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I love the smell of snow. And, like, the chill that you get. Like, it's almost like it almost gets a little warmer before it snows. And then you feel it and it comes mm-hmm. out. It's great. I just love the smell of it. It's clean. It's it's crisp. The air just feels, sounds, smells. All of all of the senses, great. And as a kid, it's great. Yeah. Although now kids oh nowadays, it sucks because they're going to have to do virtual stuff. <laughs> but we got away with yeah. snow days. Yeah. So much for snow days. Growing up in the Pacific Northwest, our snow situation is really hit or miss. You know, some years we'll get a ton of snow. It'll, like, shut down the city. And then some years we don't see a single flake. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, like, we all had those tricks growing up when you're kids of, like, ways you're supposed to do things to make it snow. Like, wearing your pajamas inside out, putting an ice cube in the toilet. Pray a lot. Uh, putting a spoon under your pillow. Dear God. I did snow. none of those things. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, those are things. <laughs> Those are things you do to make it snow. No, I just did a snow dance. I never worked, I like but snow. I tried. Oh, yeah. No. And putting an ice cube in the toilet, absolutely <laughs> nothing. <laughs> um, so Rory admits that she falls twice because her saddle shoes are not good. And um, it reminded me in college one time I was walking to class and there was this little patch of ice. And every single person that crossed it fell. <laughs> including me. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, no. like um it just made me it just reminded me of that moment <laughs> like falling and landing on your ass and being like oh, this hurts i did that it reminded me of bella swan oh boy i don't remember Twilight her mentioned. oh she fell all the time bella that was like her thing that's her thing oh right it's because i blacked out twilight <laughs> that's fair that's okay right. that <laughs> makes <laughs> sense that makes sense i want to wait make one more lane comment about yeah. that whole time frame yeah. I don't know if either of you guys were in marching band, but marching band, you do not wear that costume throughout the day. Those costumes are expensive. They are reused for decades. They're suspenders <laughs> underneath those jackets. They are hot as hell. Most of them are either too tight or ridiculously too big. No self-respecting school is going to give those costumes to a bunch of high schoolers who will probably coat it in God knows what because they also have to be dry cleaned. Yeah, I lived in those. Well, it was for the reenactment. Right? I don't know. This is the marching band uniforms. It's so. I thought it was for football. I like worked for play, football and parades yeah. and like town events oh, and okay. stuff. Um, yeah. So like, I can understand Lane wearing this outfit at some point for the reenactment, but I feel like when we see it, it looks like she's wearing it to school, like to wear like a cheerleader would wear her outfit for the day or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That is not mark. No. No. You had a t-shirt. I don't know if our cheerleaders did that. Like yeah. My tiny little school, We you, you got a t-shirt that said, I'm in marching band or something <laughs> equally stupid. So here's the question. The big question. Is Rich Bloomfield hot? Is he even cute? I mean, he's got great hair. He I will does. give it to him. He does him. have great hair. Like, and I, you know that the hairdresser on set was like, shampooing and doing a blowout and that guy oh, got yeah. the full work mm-hmm. so that his hair would be that lush but I like I can't even guys I me Jess this is Jess's voice right now <laughs> I can't even remember what Rich, Rich's face looked like and that's saying something I mean I was so distracted by the hair yeah 
It's great hair. I don't remember how I felt the first time I watched, like, if I thought Rich Blumenfeld was hot or not. And now, as, like, a 30-something-year-old, I just feel as a pedo, you know, yeah, trying to make right. that assumption. Like, I'm sure he was so, actually 26, because that's how yeah. the CW does. I'll give Rich that he yeah. has fantastic hair, but yes. I I don't have an opinion past that. That's well, right. And I would also give him points, because Rory says... Oh, does he still wear that Star Trek shirt? As a diss. Star Trek is cool. That's not a diss. That's cool. Star Wars is cool. Like, Rory, okay, I know we don't talk about this. Rory goes on to sleep with a Wookiee, so you can't tell me that a boy wearing a Star Trek shirt <laughs> well, she doesn't, isn't okay. She doesn't sleep with a Wookiee until nerd culture has become cool. Like, there True. is a lot of nerd shaming in this show, and this is coming from actually probably three huge nerds. In this yeah. podcast, there's a lot of nerd shaming. Yeah. But I was just, like, so disappointed. I was like, seriously? We're gonna... Star Trek is fine. Like what you like, man. Right? Yeah. Like, that's fine. So, before we move out of Star's Hollow, right? Because there's a whole other storyline in the Gilmore mm-hmm. house. Luke. Luke Danes. Yes. Was super hot in this episode. I'm sorry. Well, we get fired up Luke. Like yes, I this love fired is up Luke. This is the Luke that we've been waiting for. I'd say that town meeting Luke is like Luke in his purest form, mm-hmm. right? He is angry about participation. He is <laughs> angry about silliness. But at the same time, he's going to be the one who goes out there mm-hmm. in the snow to give them coffee in the end. Like this is Luke. Mm-hmm. He is constantly at war with wanting to be a curmudgeon and also like wanting to be this lifetime resident who has all of these incredible relationships with people like he's I gonna do the t- traditions he's gonna hate it and he's gonna bitch about yeah. it the entire time but he's gonna do them well and i i have a note in my phone that says i appreciate woke luke mm-hmm. because he says something about you know this is about oh, we fought a war to keep land that we stole yep. we do live on stolen land yep. that is true luke you should have held them to that point, but it, like, as excited as I am about this point in the Luke arc, it also makes me sad because I know where Luke will go eventually. Yeah. Which is just, like, we lose this this part of him, you know? We lose the wokeness. He becomes kind of just grumpy and anxious, which I get it. I'm a grumpy, anxious person, too, sometimes, <laughs> but... Hot Luke is hot in this episode. Yeah. He's got that vest on. Y'all know I love that vest. <laughs> the puffy vest. The puffy vest. Um, I have the tradition is a trap that allows people to stick their head in the sand line. But it's such a great line. I like that line. Such a Luke yeah. line. <laughs> and it, I think it's so relevant even to this day. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The whole, like, things suck then too aspect of it also very relevant. So there's this, like, theory that oh, these problems are new and they're popping up because of our generation or because of the younger generation. It's like, no, these problems always existed. You just turned a blind eye to them. And now we're calling you on your bullshit. Exactly. (laughs) Well, actually, on that point, just about, like, people talking about things being different back then, uh, later on in the episode, Luke is waxing poetic about how things were different back then, back when the reenactment happened. And one of the things Lou says is, kids didn't have sex. B.S. Yeah, I remember. Okay, let me find my note. (laughs) Teenagers have always had sex, Luke. They just got married earlier. 
right? Yeah. I, I just thought that was such a funny point because we have him being like, woke and then him being like kids didn't have sex back in my day like come on luke i found my note my note is luke is such is such a grumpy gus also all the things he mentions definitely still happened yep i'm gonna call luke grumpy gus from now on (laughs) for real (laughs) i mean later on he kind of has a reason to be grumpy right he sees the magical kiss between max and lorelei yes and you, you feel that heartbreak for him at least i did that was just like, wow, I, that hurts, man. I did, but like in the future, when we see that whole them getting together and everything, and he has like this realization that Lorelai is the one for him, it makes me think like, what are you thinking in all of this buildup that when you yeah. get there, you're surprised? Oh, like, yeah. But there's so many like longing moments. How do you not know at that point, I guess? Like right now, so early in the show, I get it, but. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I can say is I think Luke is somewhat of a moron. Just a little bit. Even right now when he's the smartest he'll ever be? <laughs> no. <laughs> right now he's smart. Right now he's at the smarter end of his phase. He's intellectually mm-hmm. smart. He is yeah. not emotionally yes. smart. No, that's yeah. it. Exactly. Can you see her face? <laughs> I love that. Can't wait. Can't wait. Also, complete side note, um, I think it's when it starts snowing, Lauren, Lorelai, I'll say Lauren, Lorelai is out for a walk and it kind of, she's looking straight up and the camera's kind of panning out, I think is when this happens, but there is a jester, like a court jester dressed up in the background handing out like balloons or something. I did not see oh, that. No. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't that. notice that at all. Yeah. I, I specifically wrote it down. I'm like, why the hell is there a jester in the background just <laughs> handing out balloons? Because I don't even, even think the re- reenactment had started yet. So he was just, you know, out there chilling. Well, you know, I can tell you exactly why there is a jester out there. And that wise name is Taylor Dozy. Oh, yeah. You know Taylor was like, we're going to put a mime out there. <laughs> like, like, and that's that's all the reasoning he gave. <laughs> Okay. Oh, Taylor. I found the scene. It's around like the 17 minute mark when she's approaching and sees Max, like at not gypsies at this point. And there's a bunch (laughs) of like strings of balloons in the background. So there's clearly something going on. But yeah, there's a like his legs are exposed. He has tights on or something, but (laughs) I can see knee folds, like knee humps. (laughs) Oh, man. Did you expect to hear knee humps on a Gilmore Girl podcast today? I bet you didn't. Uh, um, so let's talk about Max. Yes. This is a big Max episode. Yes, it is. And it starts off being a big Max episode with the voicemail, mm-hmm. which I can relate in that I think if I had a dreamy voicemail from a boy, I would probably listen to it multiple times. I'm pretty sure I do. However, I, well, okay, one of my notes was, um, this is the lost art of the voicemail right? Mm -hmm. Nobody, I mean, if somebody leaves a voicemail today, it's, you know, either spam or it's something professional that they have to get a hold of you. Or it's your mom. Nobody just calls and leaves you a long voicemail. My mom leaves me way too many voicemails. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was a different time Mm -hmm. when people would like have long conversations with you that you were not a part of. Yeah. And it was cute. I don't, I, I like that you pointed out in your summary, Sandra, that Maybe not cute to wake up your daughter listening to her teacher's romantic voicemail. That's just really weird, right? Yeah. I love the I love the message though. 
This is really cute. Mr. Medina. Max Medina. <laughs> it's just so cute. And they have a really nice date. They do. It's the perfect date. They get a fiesta burger, which is cool. I mm-hmm. never want to go to a movie with Lorelai. Nope. But Max Sounds finds like it endearing. He finds yep. it adorable. By the way, that, like, the red, what is it? Red, red white, and black theater? Red, black, white, and red theater? It's those red. three colors in some order. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Whatever it, the name is. That black theater... and white movies and books. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So cute. Like, I so love cute. it. So mm-hmm. cute. I have a note, though. I think it's so cute in theory, but I don't think I would ever go there. Really? Yeah, I have a weird thing about sitting on unknown couches. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay, so it's a you it. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's just, it's just a me thing. I think it's super cute, but just not for me. Also, Lorelai frequents it and cannot watch a movie quietly. No. But I, ju- I just thought it was really cute. I thought it was a little strange that they allowed outside food. I worked at a movie theater for way too many years, <laughs> and uh, that was a big issue was mm-hmm. outside food outside food mm-hmm. yeah and that spoiler or like insider thing uh the reason why concession items are so high is because box office sales don't go towards the movie theater only concession oh, right interesting okay. and so when you bring outside food that's why the concession is so high is because we're losing money mm. we is outdated i no longer work for them <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it is a little surprising that this local little business allows outside food. Yeah, I think I heard in like high school or something like, especially the big blockbuster releases, like week one, theaters make like negative money on those movies. Week two, they might break even. Week three, they might make 10% of what they charge of all those ticket sales. Like the, wow. the profit that they actually make on the movie itself is non-existent. I think crazy. for the this particular theater, though, it it's not a big theater. It looks like they would really only have, like, popcorn and snacks. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's okay to bring more heavily, mm-hmm. more heavy, like, meal-type food in there because it doesn't look like that's something that they would offer. Because if you're going in because you're in with your fiesta burger and fries, <laughs> you can't get that. Yeah, that's true. Also, I think yeah. it's black. I think it's black, white, and red because in a future episode, I I think we hear Lorelai and Rory refer to it as like, oh, on BWR nights. Oh, black, white, red. Okay. Nights. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. might be right. I do know that red is spelled R E A D. Yeah, because there's a bunch so, of books in the yeah. background. I think it's like maybe like also a bookstore. Does Andrew um, work there? Because the the thing is, there's another bookstore that Andrew okay. later runs yeah. that I think is in a completely different well, place. And I think the sign in front of that one just says Stars Hollow Books. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, maybe there's just two bookstores with a Gilmore living there. Yeah, yes, specifically Rory. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think it's a cute date overall. I think that. Honestly, it would have been, like, a perfect date had Lane not been just creeping in the house. But, I mean, things happen, right? Like, even on a perfect date, sometimes just something happens and it's like, well, things didn't go the way we want, but it was still a good date. Mm -hmm. I appreciated how Max handled it. Like, he – I don't want to say he could have been mad because, honestly, if if a dude was mad about that, that would have been, like, okay, deuces. Yeah. Major red flag, yeah. But I felt like he handled it very sweetly. You know, you take care of her. I'll make the coffee. Mm-hmm. I I did feel like in terms of trying to get into the house, he might have been a little more pushy than necessary. But at the same time, he kind of just laid it out of, well, you got to do it eventually. I'm just 
volunteering to be the dude who finally gets it through the Gilmore door. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Max was very sweet in this episode, and he also has gorgeous hair. He does. He does. Lots of good hair on these boys. I was talking to my mom, and I... She had this theory that Lorelai has very little experience with men, right? Mm-hmm. And I would say it's more towards relationships. And she even kind of says it, right? Like long-term relationships she has yeah. little experience with. But she does have experience with dating and then quote-unquote dating. 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 Mm-hmm. I love the tone difference when she yeah. says it. But she's never brought anyone to the house, right? Mm-hmm. And then when Rory gets there, it is a little shocking for her. So I think it's good that Lane interrupted them. Because yeah. if Rory yeah. would have seen Mr. Medina in bed with Lorelai. Hopefully yeah. clothed, but you know, really who knows? I mean, what time did she get there? She must have gotten super early. I, for yeah, whatever reason. For everybody to still be fully passed out, I feel like it would have mm-hmm. had to have been really early. That would have been yikes. Yeah. Which, like, I feel like we do, in Indiana, we do a really good job, like, salting and clearing the roads, especially after big storms like that. But I I feel like at that point in time in the morning, the roads would still not be great compared to how Emily, how bad Emily said the storm was. Yeah. Yeah. This may be a good time to transition over to the other part of our story, which happens in Hartford. And I, I really, this is like a heartbreaker for me, right? Things go so well until they don't. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great, you get like a little snippet of how great of grandparents Richard and Emily could be, right? Yes. Where they're willing to eat the frozen pizza. They're willing to try the cheese. You know, they're willing to be fun. Um, but the past stops them. They're like past traumas keep them from allowing themselves to have that kind of relationship. And it's a real bummer. It is. Watching this episode, too, so when Rory meets Chris's parents, Emily gives yeah. a little speech about, you know, we love you regardless, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like that speech should have been said here. They're talking. They're having a great evening. They're looking at all these things in the in the uh, photo album. And then it just stops dead, and it's because Lorelai got pregnant with Rory. I could see Rory at that point having a lot of guilt of, I basically ruined my grandparents' life by ruining their mom's life. I really feel yeah. like this should have been a spot that Emily or Richard, either one of them, said, we know this changed things, but this does not change how we feel about you. Like, that speech should have been given here, and then reiterated yeah. again in the future. The thought of I love Rory with all my heart. Like, the grandparents love Rory with all their heart. And Lorelai messed up her life are two thoughts mm-hmm. that can coexist, right? Mm-hmm. In, yeah. in the grandparents' head. At the oh, yeah. Least. So, like, I I don't think at all they don't love Rory, right? Like, definitely when you see um, Christopher's parents, there's no love loss. Like, they... Yeah. They're horrible. Yeah. But... Emily and Richard love that girl, mm-hmm. but they also yeah. acknowledge that Lorelai could have had a whole different life, mm-hmm. and they can't see that Lorelai has a good life now. Yeah, you're right. It literally takes until the last episode of the last true season for them to openly say, 
you know, that they see what Lorelai has been able to do with her life. Mm-hmm. And we work all the way through all yeah. those seasons to get there. So, okay. Emily, what the hell, right? Like, I thought you were talking to me for a second. I was like, what did I do? I know. Gosh, once we get to that season with, or the seasons with Jess, we're going to be in trouble. (laughs) Emily Gilmore, what the hell? Has she cooked or has she not? I don't, like, the way that they, the way that she acts in this episode, I think we are supposed to believe that she has never once cooked in this kitchen. Which is crazy. Homer went to college. She doesn't know how to turn off the the oven. Yeah. She doesn't know where basic cooking stuff is. She didn't even know the contents of her refrigerator. And, like, I feel like she does make meals later on. Like, I feel like she says, like, I made this lamb or whatever. But I guess she means my cook made this lamb. What we saw in the yeah. episode with the dance. Have we had that yet? We had the dance episode. Okay. That's the next one. Dance is next. next. Okay. The date. Well, okay. So in the next episode, we see the Emily makes Lorelai toast with like peanut mm-hmm. butter and smashed bananas on it or something. So like she has mm-hmm. at the very, at very minimal toaster experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, with a big enough toaster oven, you can absolutely make a frozen pizza. And I want to do a quick aside because I love frozen pizza. Frozen pizza is one of the best things in life, but I think everybody has their brand. And I was wondering what you guys' frozen pizza brand is. And I can go first because mine is very shameful. Mine too. <laughs> I'm a Red Baron girl. Red Baron is good. I was going to say either Red Baron or DiGiorno's. Oh, no. DiGiorno's is pretty good. Nope. Where do you, gotta say oh, it, God. Emily. What is it? Totino's. <gasps> Oh, that is painful. <laughs> I thought I I thought Red Baron was pretty bad. <laughs> no, you know what? But it's it's frozen pizza. Everybody's got their thing. Everybody has their way that they cook it or they doctor it. Like Lorelai apparently with her fresh Parmesan. shredded Parmesan. Like I can't picture Lorelai doing that, but whatever. I don't think Lorelai's fresh. I think Lorelai's the canister from the, can. the fridge. Yeah, yeah. And Emily and Richard are ritzy, so they they have the fresh. Yes. Oh, and I have one other food note, because I already had my hashtag justice for rice cakes moment. I have to have my justice for salmon moment. So Richard, Richard says, like, oh, that horrible salmon you keep trying to push on me. I will, I will kill for salmon. I have literally raised salmon from eggs and put them into a stream, knowing that one day I would possibly consume them. I would die for a salmon. Salmon is the best. Pacific Northwest, West Coast, Best Coast. <laughs> Don't be talking I down on my salmon. Was not expecting such regard for salmon. I am passionate about salmon. <laughs> I I like salmon. I am not a seafood fan. I'm not a fish fan. Yeah, I don't eat fish. Um, salmon <laughs> is probably the only fish I will eat. And then it I also the <laughs> love um, like crab legs. <laughs> And mm-hmm. shrimp. And that's the that's kind thing. of it for the seafood for me. I've never had oysters, so I couldn't say one way or the other. Yeah, I don't I don't mess with oysters. Yeah, they they look squishy and gross. So. <laughs> they look awful. <laughs> no, I will I will Ugh. do the crab legs and the shrimp and 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 a good salmon and that's about it. Like a good cedar plank salmon with roasted root vegetables. Oh my gosh. Yeah, any day. That was just my little food aside. <laughs> My food aside is 
God, life before Uber Eats slash DoorDash was rough. Yeah. I feel like it's still fairly new, too. Like, at least my husband and I, we didn't really commit to, like, DoorDash or Uber Eats or something like that until, like, COVID hit. Because it just wasn't worth the price. Yeah, for sure. That's fair. So, if DoorDash wants to sponsor us, Dash Pass (laughs) is, like, DoorDash, (laughs) Grubhub... Uh, Uber just Eats, any food thing, Postmates, Dash Pass saves me like fifty bucks a month. I'm not gonna lie. Wow. Well, I would say, growing up, the only the only places that delivered pizza were pizza, and yep. occasionally a Chinese restaurant would have delivery. And I kind of forgot, you know, because now we do live in this age of super connectivity where I can be like, I want a McFlurry, and in twenty minutes that McFlurry is at my house. Ooh. I refuse to Dash Pass McDonald's. It's just good. It's a slippery slope. (laughs) I was literally just talking about this with my book club the other day. The second that you realize you can dash past McDonald's, you're gone. It's over. I've done it twice, and it was both on morning because I was feeling absolutely atrocious, and I was like, I just want some freaking hotcakes. And hotcakes are so good. (laughs) So it's the only two times I've done it, and they've both been like, I'm sick. I can't leave the house, but I need some hotcakes. A bacon, egg, and cheese. Oh, yes. Those things are amazing. A sausage muffin? Yeah. He's just going to talk for 30 minutes about McDonald's. Chocolate shake when the shake machine is running <laughs> once a month. This is the most American conversation we could possibly have. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, Carrie. <laughs> we aren't all like this. Carrie, who apparently we're pronouncing Yeah, I want to know how we say And I really want to know right? how to pronounce how her yeah. name. Say Scottish Carrie. Also, <laughs> uh, we'll get to this later, but we have kind of an international smorgasbord of, of listeners. Really? So yeah. to all of you guys, we're we're trying really hard to represent America well, but we we can't always. <laughs> we grew Sometimes up in we America, like our so our gross McDonald's. <laughs> um going back to Gilmore Girl. <laughs> That's what the podcast is about. Yes. Oh wow. Yes. Uh Lorelai and Christopher. They need a mention. That's obviously not Christopher. Is that Lorelai? Is that Lauren it's not Graham? Christopher. It's not Lorelai. It looks a um, lot like Lauren Graham yeah. in that picture. I feel like they did a really good lookalike for the little photo strip. Are it's they the ones that Chelsea. are Chelsea? No, they're not. Okay, I know, I know because Chelsea. I forgot her last name, but she was from All That. Mm-hmm. Oh, show. Yes, I, I recognize her. From not that. the original cast. Mm, I think so, or like the the second coming. Of the all that, I was all in on all that, and I don't remember Jack Desena. <laughs> I must have stopped watching by then. I was the Nickelodeon. Any anyway, yeah, it's it's fun to have Rory have that moment of like seeing her parents, right? And obviously, because she takes the pictures, this means a lot to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's kind of this is the beginning of us seeing Rory kind of want her parents to get back together. Uh, because her dad has been mentioned very lightly mm-hmm. thus far. Mm-hmm. But her kind of seeing the pictures, keeping the pictures, and then seeing her mom and Max together and kind of looking at the pictures as a comparison. Mm-hmm. It's it's hinting at a, a plot that will be coming upon us, unfortunately, in the near future. <laughs> and doesn't leave us ever, I feel like. We cannot escape Christopher. Christopher is a blight on the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> He's like herpes, and we haven't even met him yet. Uh, hashtag get tested. Hashtag don't oh God, Christopher. Yeah. 
tell Christopher. Also, this picture of Christopher does not look like Dean either. No. Yeah. <laughs> nothing in the eyes or the hair. Nope. Nothing. It was cute, though. The photo, like, booth yeah. photo. Yeah. It was really cute. Like, I remember doing that when I was a kid. I love photo and, booths. like, going to the mall and stuff. The last really New Year's cute. Eve before, before, before the Rona hit, um... <laughs> My husband and I, we went out downtown for New Year's Eve, and there's a a place downtown that's um, has, like, an arcade, and it has a little bowling alley, and it's a restaurant and a bar, and you can rent, like, board games and stuff, but they had a photo oh, booth in there, too, so I made him get in the photo booth with me, so we have our own little, like, happy New Year's trip, and I have it sitting on my Aww. mirror, because I love it, because it's just, it's not something anybody really it's does so anymore. Also, yeah. they charge, yeah. like, 20 bucks for that crap. Yeah, they're way too expensive these days. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I wanted to talk about with the grandparents is um, I thought that it was kind of crazy how in this episode, Rory has to stay with her grandparents, right? There's a really big storm and she's going to have to stay with her parents mm-hmm. or grandparents. And Lorelai does not seem phased by this yep. in the least. Nope. Like, we just had an episode you know, a handful back where she was going to fight for Rory to not have to do like a couple hours of golf with her grandfather. Mm -hmm. And now she doesn't even talk to Rory about having to stay overnight, does she? She just talks to Emily. Well, then she talks to Rory when she comes in. Yeah, she just says like, you're going to stay there. Like, it's just amazing the growth that we've seen in such a short period of time. I think the safety issue is huge too, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, we have honestly have no idea what those roads in between Hartford and Stars Hollow looks like and, you know, what their plow schedule is or, you know, all these Midwest, yeah. East Coast snow terms. But, I, yeah, I think for Lorelai, safety would be the huge concern if, if there is even a possibility of Rory not making it home safe in a snowstorm. Like, yeah, stay there. Don't come home. Stay there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will I hate it with every fiber of my being? Sure. But stay there. Also, she doesn't have to go to Friday night dinner. See, that's yes. probably real, the big thing. Silver yeah. lining. <laughs> but Jess, Emily, did you guys realize Emily has a younger sister? Hopi. The one yes, in Hopi. Hopi. In Paris. And oh Richard's like, oh, we should take a trip this summer. And they offer to take Rory. And then none of this is ever mentioned again. No. Ugh, such a bummer. But I was excited about Hopi. Mm-hmm. And it was like, man, wouldn't it have been cool if at some point we met Emily's, like, sassy french younger sister what a fun character that would have been alas it was not to be i mean lorelei gets a lot of her sass from emily and just seeing emily interact with somebody that she grew up with i feel like could have been had so much potential to just be a great relationship a great dynamic or like a hopey michelle like Oh my gosh, right? They could have, like, spoken French to each other? Yeah. I'm going to write some fanfic later, guys. <laughs> um. So, okay, so Rory uh, spends the night at the grandparents. I'm assuming in Lorelai's room, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, presumably. And um, Max sleeps on the couch. Mm-hmm. Appropriate, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And then the morning comes, and Rory walks in to Max Medina on her couch. I feel like she handled that very well. Yeah, I, she was understandably frustrated. Surprised. Um, right? Especially, like, with the comment about the bathroom. Like, I have stuff hanging in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a teenage girl, I would not have wanted my teacher to see, you know, my, like, bras air drying or something. That would Heck be no. super uncomfortable. I get it. 
actually, before that even happens, um, the night before, Lorelai kind of mothers Lane a yes. little bit. She does, and um, Lane absolutely needs it. Yeah. Because we've already yes. had her trying so hard to have boy talk with Rory, and Rory's head is just not in it. Um, mm-hmm. And I have always loved the relationship between Lorelai and Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And, like, even later at the, you know, point where Lane is eventually pregnant, you know, and she says, I want you to be the Lorelai for my kids. So you know, it's very sweet, but it... it proves what an important character Lorelai is in Lane's life because she really Mm -hmm. doesn't have a mom who can give her this kind of advice Mm -hmm. like this is just not Mrs. Kim's forte this is not something she would ever share with Lane but Lorelai treats her like just a human like a human Mm -hmm. who touched a boy's hair without his consent which is not okay (laughs) I I felt for Lane in that moment like it's so embarrassing and yeah. having that fear of everyone's going to talk about me in the morning mm-hmm. is it's a real thing it and it it can destroy a kid mm-hmm. oh yeah you know you grow up and you kind of forget about or i don't even know if you forget about the humiliating things that happen to you as, as a teenager you, they kind of pop up every so often but like as a teen it's impossible to forget them mm-hmm. yeah i really appreciated how Laura how Lorelai handled that mm-hmm. i feel like she yeah. The only issue I had with the way Lorelai handled it, and this was because I had this done to me so much as a kid and still now as an adult from um, some of my parents, but it's the, well, you can't be this embarrassed because other people have gotten, you know, in such worse. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, some people get pregnant. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not pregnant, so I guess I'm not that bad, but I don't, I feel like that was the only comment. I think that was the only comment where I was like, unnecessary mm-hmm. like you can't don't yeah. minimize her pain your pain is valid but other than that i felt like lorelei did really well relating to lane understanding that it is a big deal even if you know in adult themes and stuff you know touching somebody's hair is not a huge deal or the end of the world but yeah lorelei mm-hmm. continues to shine as the perfect the great mother who will relate and listen to you and and vibe with you versus the uncomfortable of do I tell my mom or hide? Yeah. And one other thing is when when Lane does touch his hair, right? She could have played that off, you know. Like yeah. I try to think about what I would have done in that moment, and I would have been like, "Oh my god, there was a big bug in your hair." Like <laughs> I don't know, like right? Lane goes down know. there, she gets her she, hand, yeah. she's scooping, like it's like. Like, if it had been a light touch, I think she could have played it off. But this was, like, full-blown buries her hand in the hair and runs <laughs> she, her fingers through it. Yeah. I – she goes for it. And I love that it's, like, she genuinely – no thinking. Mm-hmm. Pure hormones. Yeah. I want to touch that boy. And she just lets herself <laughs> go in that moment. Um, one thing that I did, like, from Lorelai is when she's talking to Rory – and she says, one date does not mean you love a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's so much misconception of, like, because I kind of think Rory thinks that way. Love at first sight and... Exactly. Yeah. Which is weird, because Rory's not really a romantic person to believe in that kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't... I guess Rory just never struck me as an overly romantic person. Yeah. But she's very much into Dean mm-hmm. right now. Like, yes. all she can see is Dean kind of thing. I guess Dean was love at first sight. I think she does need that, like, 
first date does not equal love kind of conversation. Yeah. I would agree with that. Well, also, it's so scary for Rory. Like, my mom is dating somebody. He's at my house. What does this mean? And he's my teacher. And he's my teacher. And he maybe saw my bra. That's so awkward. Uh (laughs) Can we talk quickly about the reenactment? Sure. It's so sad. (laughs) And it's, like, the saddest reenactment ever. Like, and it's it's absolutely written that way. They're freezing. Right? But, I mean... The fact that the reenactment is that the men stood in a line and just waited, because here's yet another Jess with Boy Crazy story, but, like, there used to be this every year, 4th of July, there was a reenactment in my hometown. I'm, again, from the Pacific Northwest, so this was not, like, a, you know... History type thing. (laughs) Yeah, it was the Northerners. Anyway, there was this whole thing, and, like, they threw planks into into a river, whatever. I think of reenactments to this day as great boy watching places because there was this one cute boy who was at the reenactment a couple years in a row and I always had my eye on him. (laughs) And if I had gone and there were just 14 old dudes standing in a row (laughs) in the snow, I would have been sorely disappointed. And I also just because I love noticing TV production things, I love that they used that soap snow. That, like, sometimes from afar the soap bubbles look like snow, but then sometimes they stick on your lead actor and just look like they've come out of a bubble bath. (laughs) All on top of the coffee as well. Yes, like, just big blobs of soap snow. Mm -hmm. I just, I love it. It's so cute. It's so season one. (laughs) One other thing that we get out of this reenactment is we get Kirk being Kirk. (laughs) He's not, like, at his Kirkiest yet. Um, his quirkiest, I guess I should have said. No, I like quirkiest. Um, (laughs) But we do see Kirk as, like, a member of the community. He is not Mm -hmm. Kirk the jerk anymore. He is Kirk the goofball. I really like that Luke came out with the coffee. Mm -hmm. And then when people were like, oh, I don't drink coffee, he was like, okay, well, let me see what else I can get you. Yeah. Some hot cocoa and some... Yeah. I heard somebody order some kind of tea... It was Kirk. Was it? Was it like it? It wasn't a chai tea though, right? Because it wasn't a fancy was, tea. I think it was an herbal okay. tea. <laughs> Which yeah. I mean, just the tea in general, other than like Lipton iced tea. I'm surprised <laughs> Luke even had anything other than that. Yeah. Or maybe we're still in, the, in between, in between Luke phase. Yeah, maybe he's got a great selection of tea right he now, might. and he serves <laughs> it to people after they do yoga. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna talk about how many cups of coffee Lorelai and Rory had later mm. on. But right now, I need to mention my anger mm-hmm. towards the cup of coffee, or the two cups of coffee that Rory pours for her and Lorelai, that have nothing inside. Yes, those empty cups kill me. Killed me. What killed me was when Rory gets home the next morning and pours the coffee and drinks it. Like, that has to be the coffee from last night. Like, Lorelai just it woke up and ran downstairs. So... Theoretically, Rory is there drinking cold-ass coffee from the night before. Well, she's not drinking anything because they're empty. (laughs) Well, they didn't want to put the cold-ass coffee in there. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I loved um, when Lane runs back to Rory's room after they realize that she's there. Like, Ed is such a dramatic teen run. And it's even better thinking about the fact that she's a – the actress is a grown woman. Like (laughs) I literally had that that thought when she comes out. Like yeah. To hug Rory and I'm like, she 
She looks so young. And she still looks young. She looks great. Wow. Pound person of the week? I'll go first. Because I kind of only have one person that it could be. And that's... I wonder if it's the same person I have. Yeah, I'm curious to know. It's Lorelai. Lorelai had a great episode. I think she was happy. She was fun. She went on a date. (laughs) She brought a guy home. Um... (laughs) And but like she also didn't freak out with Lane, right? She stayed there with Lane. She didn't choose um, Max over Lane, mm-hmm. and she valued Rory's safety over Rory being home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't make a mess with Emily, and I yeah. mean, for one fault, she talks during a movie a lot. To be fair, <laughs> but that was it for this episode. How about you guys? Yeah, I was. Mine was gonna be Max, just because I thought that you know Max. He didn't, like, he didn't, I didn't feel like he went to Stars Hollow specifically to see Lorelai. It seemed like it was truly kind of a fate thing. And then he played it off really well. He was a really sweet date. He was, you know, forward in the way that Lorelai likes. But I don't know. I I don't know if I can argue yeah. with your, your pick, Sandra. I'm curious to see what Emily thinks. I have to say, I, I struggled picking somebody this weekend, this week, um, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna throw the Lorelai vote. Okay, cool. Lorelai gets her first town person of the week. Good for her. Yeah, the snow episode. She deserved it. This is the perfect episode for her to get mm-hmm. it because she didn't get so. it. So we're gonna give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> Poor girl. Books with so this week's episode, we have a couple authors mentioned: Hunter S. Thompson, Charlotte Bronte and Jane Austen. We don't have any specific books mentioned, but with some sleuthing and Googling, we do see that the Jane Austen book that Rory gets back from Dean is Northanger Abbey. That book was actually written in 1803, but it was not published until 1817 when Persuasion was published and is actually one of Jane Austen's first books. It is a coming-of-age story of Catherine Moreland. She's a 17-year-old who is overly fond of gothic novels. She is invited to go to Bath for the winter season by some family friends, and there she meets Isabella and John Thorpe. She becomes fast friends with Isabella, and John sets his eyes on Catherine. However, one of her first nights there, she meets Henry Tilney and immediately falls for him after one night, because what 17-year-old girl does not immediately fall in love in one night? (laughs) But after some time, Catherine's brother shows up and him and Isabella get a thing going and they get engaged. So while James and Isabella are consumed with their wedding planning, Catherine meets Henry Tilney's sister, Eleanor, and they become really good friends and end up having a much, it seems like they have a much stronger connection than she did with Isabella. But they get along, they eventually, Catherine gets invited to Northender Abbey, which is where Henry and Eleanor live. So she gets invited up there to visit, obviously gets very close with them. In the meantime, and this is seen a little bit before she leaves, Eleanor and Henry's older brother, General Tilney, I don't know if we ever get her first name or not, but he shows up and starts playing the red coat, fancy military guy, and sweeps Isabella off her feet. And Isabella's like, um, your brother James isn't going to make a lot of money, so I'm going to go after the general. Yikes. Austin girls are always doing that. Right. <laughs> Man, Austin girls, they, they need the money. And she lived then, so let's just say that's probably what a lot of girls did back Oh, for then. sure. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But so while 
Catherine is at Northanger Abbey. She gets a letter from Isabella that's all, oh, General Tilney, we're going to get married. And she's like, I don't believe you. And Eleanor and Henry are like, I know my brother. I don't believe her either. Turns out she throws James over for literally nothing. She's alone. In the meantime, Isabella's brother, John, is all cranky about Catherine because Catherine's all Henry. So Henry's dad comes back and is like girl you gotta go get out i don't want you here so she goes home all sad like what the hell turns out isabella's brothers over there bad math and catherine to henry and eleanor's dad this is a whole so much drama, drama. it is <laughs> i feel like this is a cw show it is basically he's like she's destitute she ain't got no money and so dad's like well you can't marry into poor turns out they all figure it out. General Tilney goes on with his life, not getting married. <laughs> Isabella continues on with her life alone because she a gold digger. And Catherine and Henry get married and live happily ever after with the blessing of the parents. We love a blessing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know the most surprising thing about that? There wasn't a character named Jane. True. No Jane in that one. No Jane. There might have been a side there one. There could have been I'm a not Jane. Sure. <laughs> I re- I read a bit of Jane. I know for a fact that I've watched the BBC uh, or e- maybe the PBS masterpiece version of that story. Okay. But at the same time, there's just so much that happens. I was like, "Wow, this is new information." <laughs> After books, we have Welcome to Jess's Fashion Corner. So, like I already mentioned, this kind of felt like a filler episode. Um, And specifically, the clothes just felt like they were kind of blah. Um, I didn't have anything that I really loved. I also didn't have anything that I have any passionate dislike of. So kind of in chronological order, like I said, Luke's vest is back. He looks great in the puffy vest and a blue, like, buffalo check plaid shirt, backwards hat, still classic Luke. Um, at, (laughs) At the town meeting... We do have Lorelai in her first agrarious, awful shearling coat. It's bad yep. shearling. Um, like, it just looks shaggy. It's just not a good look. Maybe so that's... Can there be bad shearling? <laughs> but apparently there can. There can. Because there's different levels of shearling. Like, there's, like, the tight, the tight, close shearling that's, like, practically little nubs. And then you've got, like, very fluffy shearling. And then you have that, like, faux shearling that's a little bit shaggy. That's what the situation was today. It's shaggy faux shearling. Just to remind the listeners, the shearling jackets are the ones with the little sheep, sheep's fur yeah. like lining. Yes. And uh, you're going to notice them so often. As soon as you start <laughs> seeing them, you can't stop. Mm-hmm. You will see them everywhere. Um, but yeah. hers is kind of a royal blue, which she's wearing over her purple mock neck. Uh, this episode really made me realize they are reusing a lot of clothes in this first season. They are showing these girls to have wardrobes that are realistic, right? You wear the same mm-hmm. things yeah. multiple times. And that's not something that you see in a lot of TV shows, so I really appreciate it. Uh, we see Rory in an orange hooded sweater that is just an orange hooded sweater. Uh, yep. Lorelai's first sleep shirt we see her in has, like, bling on it. It's like a red top with some rhinestones. Very Lorelai. Not very practical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could not sleep in that. It, it, it jabbed right? me. It's, 
again, very Lorelai, not practical. We do see her again in a baby blue sweater. We see this color on Lorelai a ton. They love to make her eyes pop. It looks incredible Mm -hmm. on her. It it works with her skin, her hair. She looks awesome whenever she's got blue on. We have one bandana on Suki this week, which is a white rolled bandana. She uses a, a headband. And then when we get to our snow scene, we see Lorelai in her snow attire, which includes a blue scarf, again, making those eyes pop, and her snowflake hat, which is very cute. It does kind of have that same rolled brim that Jackson's does, uh, which I'm kind of thinking must have been a trend in the 90s and early 2000s, that rolled brim as opposed to the folded brim that I see on beanies Mm -hmm. these days. At least this hat covers her head. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Quick note on that scarf. I loved it so much as a kid that I was learning how to knit like around that time. So I found the pattern online and knitted that scarf. That's so nice. I don't have it anymore and I'm so sad about it, but I really loved it. I might remake it. Right? Never a better time to learn to knit. Mm -hmm. Scrolling through my notes, you know what? I do have a worse dressed. The worst dressed of this episode is Lane when she's at the Gilmore Girls house because she wears that hideous green sweater of Rory's that I called out in a past episode. Um, it's this pea green. I didn't realize it was Rory's. Yeah, she was, it was the, we saw it on Rory during the Rory studying Lorelai wanting mm-hmm. ice cream scene previously. Uh, I love the character moment of your best friend just comes over, breaks into your house, wears your clothes, watches your mm-hmm. mom make out with your teacher. Um, but the <laughs> The sweater itself is not cute. I think, honestly, it does look yeah. better on Lane than it does on Rory. I still cannot forgive it. It's an ugly sweater. I knew you were going to bring up the sweater. I, I felt it in my it bones. Just, I don't like it's it. It's a Christmas sweater, though. Yeah. And then my my last two points are, one, we have the return of Lorelai's Paul Frank pajamas, which, if you don't know what Paul Frank is, Paul Frank was a cartoonist. And he had a line of kind of everything targeted at young people in the early 2000s. Like, a lot of clothing had his little logo, which was the monkey. The brown monkey Mm -hmm. with the red mouth. The monkey's name is Julius. I didn't... I don't think I ever owned any clothing with the Paul Frank logo on it. I think I had a pencil pouch at some point with a Paul Frank monkey. Um, But Lorelai rocking the Paul Frank PJs. Uh, and we do see Rory in another bold stripe moment with her bold striped scarf. Rory loves stripes. Cannot get this girl away from stripes. I am so excited for later seasons when we see a little bit better fashion on these ladies. Um, I, I really don't have a best dressed. If I had to pick an item to steal from this episode, it would probably be Lorelai's hat. It's cute. It's got little snowflakes on it. Sometimes my head gets cold. Um, Ditto. <laughs> Worst dress would be Lane, and then yeah, no best dressed. Kind of a kind of a ho hum fashion episode. I will agree with Lane on the worst dressed, but for a different outfit. Oh, ooh, the band, uniform, band uniform. Just because <laughs> I know the pain. Yeah, there's so much it's pain hard. in those band uniforms. I so it's more <laughs> so of a red. It's like a very grand marching band uniform, especially for like a small school that. I don't think we see a whole lot of sports action out of them. They've got a rocket uniform. So those costumes, like I said, they're bought and meant to last like 
I think by the time I had mine, it was already pushing 20 years old. Ooh. And I'm pretty sure it's still getting used. I don't think they've got that oh, new wow. ones. They, they dry clean mm-hmm. them in between every use. So for me, like, I didn't even wear the same one every time. I found one in my size, wow. like, off the rack. But ours were, um, the jackets were, are red. Our school's colors were red, white, and blue. Very patriotic. <laughs> Turns out the those uniforms are cheaper if they're patriotic <laughs> colors. <laughs> it was the rumor. Um, but yeah, we had white pants, I believe, with red stripes down the side, or a stripe down each side, um, red jackets, and then with blue tassels and a blue and red hat. Nice. And the <laughs> plumes were either, I think the plumes were white. It's called a plume. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, those uh, yeah. flashbacks. If you could have PTSD from an outfit. <laughs> I don't want to minimize any, but I know like that's an awful thing to have to deal with, but oh my god, that outfit. Yeah. Lane does rock some real cute pigtails in this episode. I don't know. She oh, does. I don't know how she pulls off those like baby pigtails. Um, but they, they look great on her. She looks adorable, even in her sad little band outfit. So yeah, not a great fashion episode, but as always, I can find something to talk about for 10 minutes. <laughs> All right, uh, we are in kind of a great position for Stars Hollow Speaks, where we are getting to the point where we almost have too many people reaching out to us to be able to mention everything. Um, no such thing. Yes, no, please, please keep reaching out to us. We are going to try to mention everybody. Um, but if we don't mention everything you said, or if we only bring a snippet, it's just because we want to get to as many people as possible. Um, so our good friend Carrie from the UK, uh, as always, has something to say about our episode. So she had a great point about the town of Stars Hollow. She said, I like that we finally see the start of the town meetings. I honestly like the idea of that. Imagine being in such a small town. And then in parentheses, I say that, but Stars Hollow is apparently has a uh, 10,000 population. I live in a town of 15,000, so I don't feel like it's that realistic with how it's portrayed. I feel like they made the town too big, though, if anything, Stars Hollow should have been a village with maybe a population between 500 and 2,000 to make it more realistic. So that actually started a really great conversation with us before we started the podcast, unfortunately, but it was really interesting to think about. And we kind of compared the size of our own hometowns, um, which are much larger than Stars Hollow. But yeah, for as big as the town is, we see a very weird small portion. Yeah, I'm going to add on to that just something I mentioned before, but like... um... My hometown had a currently has a population of like in the eight thousand range. I remember as a kid it was in the six thousand range, but like we don't have a square. <laughs> we don't have a bunch of little I mean, we there's some little tiny shops there, but it's like two buildings on both sides of the street. It is a block, not a square. The town I live in now has a square and its population is in the sixty thousand range. So I, mm-hmm. I fully agree that they made stars hollows like center a lot bigger than a town that size would actually be yeah and similar to emily my square and main street is in a town of forty-five thousand people so like it is uh definitely more than ten thousand. but i'm thinking about like the town meetings right there are town meetings in my town and no one goes to them so i can almost believe that only 50 to 75 people go to a town meeting that being said, Stars Hollow seems like the town that cares mm-hmm. and that would go. Yeah. 
So there should be more than 50 people. Well, and when you think about that Luke is, like, the biggest naysayer, the one who's least interested in these things, and yet he's at every single meeting. Yeah. (laughs) On the opposite end of that, the subdivision I live in, I think the population of my subdivision now is, like, 2,500, and I go to some of our annual meetings, and there's always, like, 50 to 75 plus people there. Yeah. Wild. So I, it just, it depends on the community and... I haven't been to any of the town meetings here, so I have no idea. I feel like these town meetings are very fictionalized, and the Parks mm-hmm. and Recs town meetings are the real town meetings. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish town meetings were like this. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you. We always love hearing from you. Please keep writing in. Um, we also got another email from Allison. Uh, and Allison said, I rewatched the show with my mom recently. She only saw a few episodes before, and it was a really great bonding experience for us with the mother-daughter relationships. My relationship with my mom is probably the closest to Lorelai and Rory's because I do consider her to be one of my best friends. I love that. I wish I had had that. You yeah. know, I have a great relationship yeah. with my mom, but I would have loved that. So I'm jealous of you, Allison. <laughs> and... I uh, saw that we got a review on Apple Podcasts. Yay! So if people don't know, you can actually write reviews on Apple Podcasts and you can rate us five stars, maybe. And the <laughs> you more can rate that us you, anywhere. Yeah, the more that you guys yeah. rate and tell people about us, the, the bigger this will be. We love ratings. <laughs> so on that uh, particular review, it's from Kenny. So thank you, Kenny. And it says, given that I'm a fellow super fan and have high expectations for a rewatch podcast a la Office Ladies, which is, of course, a podcast that Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey do for The Office, I was very surprised by how much I love this podcast, which is amazing to hear. Um, <laughs> the hosts catch every little detail and that I've always loved or that always bothered me and walk through each episode as only a true fan can. Finally, someone is doing a rewatch for GG. So thank you so much to Kenny. I encourage anyone to review us. We'll read them. We'll listen to your reviews. We'll listen to your critiques or anything in that realm. And then a couple more shout outs to, so, to um, on some other social medias. We got a comment from Orby the Great on Twitter. Thank you. And then also a DM from Ninja Slayer Girl on Instagram. So thank you guys as well for listening. We appreciate it so, so much. You know, keep reaching out to us. Keep letting us know what you think, what you love, what you hate. This is for sure a podcast for the fans, by the fans. Yes. Um, Because we are all overly obsessed with this show and would love to hear more from other people who are overly obsessed with this show. (laughs) Uh, We also got a message from Kate on Instagram. um, And she said that she really loves how we do our book fashion uh, and references and we're really glad because we put time into that so we love that you guys appreciate that we didn't put time into it today we completely skipped it references we'll do it next oh hey (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's fine thank you kate for reminding us (laughs) yeah uh but yeah thank you kate um and everyone our dms are open on both instagram and on twitter and uh, wherever you are on the internet, you can find us, and we'll leave all those links after the episode. Yes. Reference of the week. <laughs> uh, this week, I have uh, 
I picked out Errol Flynn as my reference of the week, who apparently um, Emily had a thing for Errol Flynn, the pirate we guy. We all love and, a pirate. Which is, which is very interesting in future episodes that Emily has such an extreme hatred of a mustache in the future. <laughs> but Errol Flynn, he lived from 1909 to 1959. He was an Australian-born actor, um, and he was known for his romantic swashbuckler roles frequent partnerships with Olivia de Havilland, and reputation for his womanizing and hedonistic personal life. His main roles were as, um, was in Captain Blood. He was also in The Charge of the Light Brigade and played the hero in a number of westerns such as Dodge City, Dodge City, Santa Fe Trail, and San Antonio. These are all movies way before my time, mm-hmm. but I gotta say... He's a good-looking guy. <laughs> he also had three wives. At the same time? Oh, God. I hope not. <laughs> no, he was not okay. a horse. <laughs> uh, the only fun fact that I know about Errol Flynn is that he is Sean Flynn's grandfather, and Sean Flynn played Chase on Zoe 101, and that's all I know ah, about him. <laughs> I love a Chase throwback. We'll always yeah, be yeah. mad that he didn't see that text. Oof. Let's not talk about that one. <laughs> If you want to podcast. Rant. That's that's our next podcast. So we want to one. Okay, so coffee, guys. I'll be honest. Coffee didn't really happen in this episode. It was talked about by other characters, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the Yoma girls. And when coffee was offered, Lorelai said no. That was wild. It was, and I have already expressed my era towards those empty cups of <laughs> coffee, but. Technically, those two cups of coffee were the only cups of coffee Lorelai and Rory had. So one each. And this is, I think, our lowest yeah. coffee count yet. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even hot coffee. It wasn't even in the cup. <laughs> All right, guys, this was great. Kind of a filler episode, but that's fine. It was still a quintessential Stars Hollowy kind of fun episode. It was a good episode for Lorelai. Exactly, yeah. Yes. But thank you, as always, for listening. We appreciate you guys listening so much. We're watching our numbers go up steadily, and it literally would not happen without you. So thank you for listening. It's mind-blowing. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, guys. Connect with us on Instagram and on Twitter at townmeetingpod. That is P-O-D at the end. And we actually have changed our email. So email us at townmeetingpod.com at gmail.com so i don't know if you've noticed but we like the whole town meeting pod except for tiktok where we're gilmore girls podcast thanks guys this has been emily jess and sandra and a special thanks to nilgen for recording for us thank you